you now to your regularly scheduled program. Hey everybody, this is Josh Martin. And I'm Marty Hyde. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Tattoos and Jesus podcast. I am very happy to be here. Here at TNJ, we seek to blend the righteous with the ridiculous. Please explain. We discuss coffee, counseling, Christianity, and whatever else crosses our mind. We hope you enjoy it. Okay, let's go. Welcome back to Tattoos and Jesus, as I sit extremely close here with Marty Height and guest host, Jimmy McFarland, Homeless Jimmy at that. The homeless Jimmy that y'all wouldn't give any of your $60 million to. Brought, million. To, you, brought to you live in front of a studio audience by the incredibly attractive Ashley Height. Woo! You gonna say anything? Ashley, any thoughts? No. No comments? No comments. She's just here to witness it. Get autographs. <laughs> she's she's here to uh, oogle in your manliness. <laughs> That's right. That is right. Did I just use the word oogle? Yeah. I, is that actually a word? I don't know. Oggle, oogle? I mean, you could probably add a G on the front. So, Jimmy, listen, before we get too far down here... Oh you was talking some crap about last week's episode. I was talking some crap about I don't, last week's episode. I don't know that I appreciate because you think we <laughs> owe you. There's an entitlement. Well, that no, you think we owe you part of our six hundred million dollars that here, Josh and I share jointly. Here's here's the thing. Y'all went through that whole episode and you're like, oh, we're gonna help the homeless and we're gonna, you know, wanna be anonymous and Josh with his fifty million, you know, water houses and Hey, no doubt. I'm, um, I'm not gonna lie about and, it. And no mention of of helping homeless Jimmy. That's, we'll get you a pod like an actual studio that's <laughs> set up prior to recording so that it helps it helps you out you know those movable pods yeah what would be really literal is to set up a podcast studio in a pod pod. that would be funny we'll do that for you it would be known as the pod podcast there you go which brings me to my topic today which is dads and parenting because we are currently sitting in front of two parents well technically three technically three but she won't talk um and me and Marty were talking the other day, and somehow we got on the topic of parenting, what's allowed, what's not allowed, which ended up in a conversation about how Marty lived in a bubble as a child and how I did not live in a bubble as a child. And so it, it just it, it created a lot of good good conversation. So then it sparked the idea, well, let's bring on Jimmy. Oh, gosh. And let's do kind of a semi-debate between Marty and Jimmy. On dad stuff? On, uh, I think it was like part like as a youth, but we've both been youth pastors. Okay. We've both been You've fathers. You've been a youth pastor? I was the youth pastor at New Pleasant. What? What? Yeah. For like okay. Two or three years. Oh, wow. It was okay. Brandon Morris. Okay. Trey Bradley filled in. Okay. Marty Height. Okay. Nobody... Nobody. Okay. Back to Brandon Morris. Okay. I stepped now down. I stepped down the f- like January or February of 2018. So 20 for like two years. It was like 16, 17, and 18. You know, you know, I was petitioned to consider that position, right? 
and you could have had it. You can have it now. You could have had it then. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to go back into student ministry. But like, know you, but like your pastor called me and we yeah. talked for a while about it. And it was yeah, like, and I wish I wish he would have moved on that, and I could have used my strengths of relationship building to do other stuff. Well, in my regardless, life. I still befriended y'all anyway. That's so correct. That's, that's the cool part about it's, it. And, it's called and Brandon, and Brandon. Let me say this: Brandon is the dude for the job. And he let me also clarify: I love every youth that I worked for, with. Yeah, I just <laughs> was not great at building a program. I love the youths. Uh, anyway. Josh, you have some a game, right? So yeah, I, I I do. So there's no coffee today, but we no. We, we want to talk no about that today. Or, there's or we, well, I don't really know where we just we just kind of ran out of coffee for the most part. But impossible. We we decided to go coffee when it was just me and Marty to give us a little just a little little glimpse of. Um, something in the podcast and a little glimpse of the old school TNJ before the logo transition. Yeah. And so when the logo transition happened, we decided, all right, when we have interviews, let's allow more time for the interview than us blabbing about coffee okay. reviews. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. Especially since 90% of our coffee reviews are crap. Yeah. The last Made one, the, the pink Amazon cups last week were- Cozy or up? Couple, yeah, the, or two weeks ago when this airs. Yeah. I, I can tell you, you guys were really excited about that. <laughs> Y'all enjoyed that, didn't you? I drink it every day. I drink like three of those a day. Okay, so. But they're not anything to write home about. How big of a coffee drinker is he, Ashley? I don't drink words. it at home. I don't drink it at home. You don't drink it at home? You just a mainly an office thing? M- namely, yeah. A Sunday morning, okay. I'll take a cup to church. Because that's what you do, because you're. An but let me Christian? tell you, let me tell you what I did two weeks ago. That even Ashley does not like coffee, and she thought this was balling. Okay. All right. So, I took some Ethiopian Light, which is one of the coffees that the the T and J Brewberry, right? The Dirty Brew Coffee that we hosted. It's part of that. It's Ethiopian Light plus Sumatra. Well, we also have Josh and I bought some of the Ethiopian Light. It's a tartar coffee, has a really strong blueberry. So I brewed that, put it in the freezer, got it cold. Put it and I sweetened it as well. So I sweetened it, chilled it, put it on ice. Mm-hmm. Ashley, yeah. vouch for me. Delicious, delicious. She said delicious in case y'all couldn't hear that. Delicious, probably score. What would you score on a score of one to ten? Oh, what would you the give T&J it? The coffee I, scale. It was at eight seven for me. Eight seven, a little sweet, a lot of blueberry, chilled. Y'all in are the summertime. high on your own coffee. A hundred percent, unbiased, are, like, unbiased, unbiased review. <laughs> Ashley, what'd you give it? You don't even drink coffee. What'd you give it? Nine four. Seven three. Nine four. <laughs> Look, that that coffee is absolutely, especially when we were sitting there and Tyler was giving us these coffees, and they were all like medium dark roast. And then he was like, "Well, here, just try this." And it's just like medium dark, dark, and then blueberry. And we were just like, kind of thrown off by it. But the, yeah, it and it was, but it. It was good. I mean, it was good hot. Um, and he did say, he did tell us that uh, if we iced it, it would be extremely, extremely good as well. And, and I enjoyed the coffee because I've, I've had some myself. And so I'm just not as, it is good coffee and it is above a seven. I will give you that. I don't want to give it a score right now because it's not like, it's not fresh on my palate. I'll say that. So, and, and it's rare that I take a coffee above seven. Y'all know that and mm. what I've done. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I've gone, okay, on vacation, um, and I, this is free of charge, but, and y'all may not want this story, but whatever. Um, 
I made the mistake of buying Death Wish coffee, like mm. a whole half pound of Death Wish coffee, the dark stuff, mm-hmm. the highest octane Death Wish coffee you can get. And now I have to drink three or four or five cups. And now you have that beard. <laughs> in, in that, that, that just, the caffeine rush has is, is spoiled me. That's what that was the K cup that we tried yeah. with Jimmy yeah. was the Death Wish. Yeah, y'all got me hooked on that. And it's like two hundred fifty milligrams per K cup. And if you go listen to the episode, that's when <laughs> we are talking. Jimmy, we ask a question and Jimmy talks for four minutes straight without taking a breath, and he goes, "Sorry guys, coffee just kicked in." <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's what. I'm, yeah. Sorry on I'll, another I'll level because <laughs> we did the Camden and Daniel interview right before that. Yep. And then yeah, that was yeah. It was getting in our veins in that interview. Did you see those jokers got T-shirts for sale? Yeah, I saw on Facebook. Where's, got, where's TJ TNJ? We don't have store. stickers. We don't got T-shirts. We don't. Yeah, I got two cups to say TNJ. Thanks to my <laughs> lovely wife. But those and are a new for Josh. Logo. Those are for Josh and I. But for the right price, I'll sell anything. She used her cricket on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, those came from a legit cup manufacturer out of Greenville, South Carolina. Okay, cool. Good on you. Carry Are y'all on. ready for the game? I'm ready for the game. Sorry. Are y'all ready for the game? So, would you rather, classic game, probably as y'all were growing up as kids, is was the only thing around at the time. But what um, what we'll do here is there is 64 would you rather questions oh, that Marty gosh. sent me. I'm not going through all of them, but I'm going to randomly just scroll and put my thumb on one, and then I'm going to ask it. Okay. Would you the number is pick a number? 13. 13. Lucky number 13. So, first question. <laughs> Would you rather <laughs> lose the ability to cry mm. or cry every day for 20 minutes randomly? <laughs> That's easy. So, basically, I what you're saying is... I 15 years. <laughs> basically, what you're saying is be a man or be a woman. Is, is what you're asking. Oh, Jimmy's about to get stabbed. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting. I'm just joking. Uh, lose the ability to cry. Yeah. I, 100%. I, no questions asked. W- okay. Do we have to talk stipulations here on this? W- would I, would no. the lack of me not being able to cry result in me having to vent that emotion in another fashion? Yes, through therapy with me or Marty. Uh, I'll cry for every day money. <laughs> for twenty. I'm kidding. No, I would. I would lose the ability to. Cry. I'll be honest though. Like a good cry is very cathartic. So if you cry, I'm just, from Bowling Springs. Help me out. Every twenty minutes. If, if once a day for twenty. If you could pick the twenty minutes. If it was a random twenty minutes, that could get awkward. Right? You're like it's kind of like having Tourette's. You can't control when it comes out. Especially for y'all in the middle of a counseling <laughs> session, and Marty's over in the over just in the corner. <laughs> Such a moving story. It's like you're preaching on a Sunday morning, and it's oh. like, oh man, his <laughs> twenty horrible. just hit. <laughs> That's like, does that have to be twenty consecutive minutes? Is it twenty-one minute increments? Do you get to pick the timing? Would you carry a card with you, like a, a diabetic or somebody? It's like a bracelet a, yeah. or something, but it's in the form of like a. It's like a. It could be like a Kleenex. <laughs> it's not supposed to be like this. It's just a question. So, are you changing your answer? Or are you keeping it? You're changing your answer. You're so you're crying randomly. <laughs> 20 minutes a day, you're crying randomly. Could it be a laugh okay. cry? I mean, there's so many different questions on this one question. We're going to go with we're going to go with just just crying in general. Crying in general. Okay. Another number? 
Ashley, Jimmy, Marty. Anybody want to pick a number? 42. Four, 42. Oh, man, it's a scroll. All right, 42. What? <laughs> <laughs> Is it G-rated? That's the question. <laughs> Is it friends and family rated here? Yes. Okay. Oh, God. Would you rather be smacked in the face with a fish? Oh, gosh. Or farted on? <laughs> Once again, there's there's questions that I have to ask about this situation. It where okay? No, you don't get to pick the the fish or the person that's doing the farting. Okay, but I get to pick where they fart on me at. I'm gonna go with face Good. for both. Oh gosh, the face. Oh. That's that's a fair. That's a fair. Okay. All right. Have you watched what's the movie uh, with Owen Wilson, Zach Galifianakis, uh, Imposter? Where he, it's like the Brinks. Bank robbery. Uh, anyway, it, there's a whole scene where oh, where they rob they rob Charlotte Motor Speedway. Yeah, so like they're they're laying on their back. Yeah. It's like these engagement pictures with Zach Galifianakis and his fiance. They and he goes, the trailer. "You just <laughs> you just farted in my butthole. It was <laughs> like a fart transplant." <laughs> Those pictures are so awkward. Anyway, Fisher Fisher fart. What's your answer? <laughs> Uh, how big's the fish? What? It bass. matters. A bass? Yeah. Just a five-pound bass in the face. Not a minnow, and it's not Shamu. Okay. Uh, as long as it's nowhere near my eyes, I think I would go for it, because I wouldn't want to have a constant case of pink eye. I'm, um, I'll be honest, a fish slap would hurt. Oh, yeah. A five-pound fish, a bass, or a catfish across the face? I mean, we ain't talking about a goldfish. It's Finding Nemo's no. not hitting us. I'll take a fart. I'll take a fart. I'm going fart. I'm questioning both of y'all right now because I <laughs> literally said you don't get to pick who it is, but we'll go with it. Okay. What if I randomly got a celebrity to fart on me? What if it was Jimmy? I showered it's daily. Okay. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, actually, would you like to pick another number here? Oh, this is the one I was reading earlier. Okay, okay. Would you rather have five half-sized clones of yourself or one full-size clone? Five mini-me's or one full you? Mm. A mini-me would just be a regular-sized person. So we'll go smaller. Okay, like a little... Like like a five year old kid, like little miniature. Yes. The size of my wife or smaller? She's miniature. She's like a miniature pony. Uh, <laughs> just compared your wife to a horse. <laughs> just trying to see how many. How do you feel about that, Ashley? You just got compared to a horse. I like how she said she wasn't getting involved and she was getting involved the entire time. <laughs> All right, five miniature me's or one full size clone? Are are these miniature me's? Are they fully functional and? can work do they operate on my operate brain? normal they are guys okay i have one question in front of me use your imagination they fully they're fully operational people they're human beings i don't know what you want from me they're, they're humans they're half your size what do you uh, yes they walk i want five i want five miniature me's i'll take the five mini me's as well uh well yeah five mini me's I don't know the the full size me 
That's just called with, being a twin. With no defects, no, like, this ain't like, what's the movie that Kevin Costner was in that where he had all the multiplicity? The, y'all y'all I've never not seen, seen multiplicity. That. No. Y'all have never seen Okay. I've seen Face Off with Bruce Willis. So, or Kevin Costner in multiplicity uh, makes multiple clones of himself because he thinks that he can get stuff more done, better, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the, the more clones he makes of himself, the worse the clone gets. So you're it. saying you want one legit clone. Like carbon co- so is it a carbon copy of myself? Josh doesn't know. He's got one question in front of him. <laughs> yeah, why would you why would you make this difficult? It's one just one person. It's exactly like you. And five people that are exactly like you, but they're tiny. We're talking half size, quarter size? Have you ever seen a miniature animal? Like a miniature horse. They're inc- like a miniature a horse. They're incredibly adorable. Want to eat them up? But I mean, I'm taking five miniature me's. But we're okay. I think I'm going to go there too because you can get more work done. You can diversify right. yourself. But however, you would have to make accommodations for those miniature per- people to operate. You could have five miniature bunk beds. <laughs> Just With five miniature wardrobes. <laughs> put them in your pocket. <laughs> but then you'd have to buy a bigger car in order to transport the five miniature me's, and you'd have to run around dropping them off. No, I'm going to change my answer. I'm going to go one direct clone because that would be easier to manage. And it wouldn't be me managing a fleet of Jimmy's wherever. It wouldn't last long because me and my five little counterparts would kill his two full-size peoples. In a war. So you're basically <laughs> Snow White is basically what you're saying. Okay. Um, Next number, Ashley. Last number. 64. 64. Will you still feed me? Will you still need? Y'all know that one? Paul McCartney song? I feel like this may be an easy one. Oh, I'm going to change the question. Uh Uh-oh. The question is, would you rather give up social media or eat the same dinner for the rest of your life? Mm. But I'm changing the question. Would you rather give up racing or eat the same dinner for the rest of your life? You just made that question easy to hard. Would you rather give up racing or eat the same dinner? What? You cannot watch a race. Yeah. Or eat the... Oh, man. I'm not answering first. What's the... uh, Or eat the same dinner for the rest of your life. Easy answer. I don't even have to think about it. I love food too much. You giving up racing? But it's giving up, like, the variation of... Being able to eat pizza one night and Mexican food the other night, then oh, I, I'm feeling like a sandwich or a steak or, especially when you go to the beach, man, seafood. Come on, I'm I love racing, but I'd I'd have to say I'd give up racing before I give up. Eating absolutely, the absolutely not. Easy answer. If you give up racing for the rest of your life, <laughs> you're not a real fan. You give up <laughs> all racing. For the rest of your life, right? If you give a, if you eat the same dinner for the rest of your life, I can do whatever the frick I want for lunch. That's true. Okay. I just have to change because I eat the same lunch like ten days out of ten. Okay. Get, okay. Same meal. Yeah, I'm well aware. At every point during the day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <sighs> See now it changes. See that actually was this thinking. is strategic because if I pick racing and pick a Caesar salad, I get skinnier and have fun. He's not wrong. 
How many people have you ever met that eats Caesar salads while watching the race? <laughs> See him yelling, go Earnhardt, with a piece of lettuce hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> That's true. Ranch needs to be involved. You do ranch. Um, I'm still I'm still keeping it the same. I'm not changing. Did y'all know that? It's C- like an alcoholic. You got to give it up. Did y'all know that Caesar salad is not Italian? Did you know that Caesar salad is made up of fish? And it's not. Would you like to be smacked? Nothing in the face? to do with Greek or with. Roman culture. What do you know? What is your history? Fact check me. How do you Let's know go to this? Actually, How do you? Random information. My brain just so what stores. Is, what is it? It's, it is Hispanic food, and and it's like Hispanic and and origin. What? So, but where did you? Where did it get the name Caesar? Great question. I don't know. I bet you that little white dog's not Caesar either. <laughs> Josh is checking me on this. I may, Caesar. Oh. Tijuana, Mexico. I just Josh talked y'all a thing or two around here. You got, did you fact check us? Double fact check. Double fact check. Tijuana, Mexico. You know what that they're also known for? Tijuana, Mexico? Tequila. Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> the bugger sugar. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Wow. Actually, is the it's named after an Italian man. Yes, but it doesn't come from Italy. Interesting. Okay. Well, fun fact of the day. Taught y'all thing too, around here. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently not. I, I need to learn that too. True that. It was All just right. my movo. Come on. It wouldn't work. So with your soundboard, it'll work with my soundboard. But we wanted to use your gear. Right. I wanted to. Look, it's fresh. It's new. It's, it's fresh. It's just got to it, break it It's a amazing. Bit. I love it. I'm jealous. I have gear envy right now. It was a great setup last week because we could actually look at each other that is not within two feet of I, face-to-face. I saw you kick back on that couch, and then I listened to the podcast, and I was like, I can hear Josh Martin clear as a whistle. Yeah. Instead it of great. it being. Instead of it being, hey, this is Josh Martin. Welcome back to Tattoos and Jesus. Yeah, all the way over here. here. But look, right here. you learn from experience. I gave Daniel and Camden great advice to get a mic, and then didn't buy one. So, <laughs> you know what that's called, Josh? Hypocrisy. Yeah, that's what they say, <laughs> or laziness. Or laziness. So, are y'all ready to hop into some of these topics here? Let's do it. Let's go. So, in the same format, we have some questions or topics that we want your personal opinion on as a parent and as a former pastor, Christian perspective, all that good stuff. Um, And so some of these softball, some of these a little in-depth, and we'll work our way down. And All right, so the inspiration from this, uh, Jim, I didn't tell you this earlier when we are getting ready, was last week, oh, no. trending, there was a new game released, and it led Josh and I to, this, to have this conversation. And there was a brand new, what is it? Six? six GTA six yeah. GTA six yep um, and so Josh is hosting this segment but the question that came out of my mouth that inspired this was who the frick wants to let their kid play Grand Theft Auto doesn't matter as long as they're quiet and not bothering you actually that's a good counterpoint I stand corrected actually purchase <laughs> it right now. I mean that that's general that, like I we joke but that's the the take that a lot of parents that as long as 
you know, little Johnny's not bothering me. No, no, you know, if you're a little Johnny and listening to this, I'm sorry. But as long as the child's not bothering me and they're quiet, not bringing any harm, quote, quote. Have you ever played Grand Theft Auto? Um, Don't lie. I have not played it, but I have watched gameplay of it. And it's an awesome game. It's an awesome game. It is well thought out, and it is a fun playground yeah. for a video game. So, I came across real judgy. That said, if I were to play a video game, right. Grand Theft Auto is everything I would like in a video game. Absolutely. You can drive, you can fly, you can blow things up, you can shoot, you can yes. do bank heist, you can whatever. So, why should a parent or guardian not let their kid play GTA? Well, it, I think it comes down to what home the child is being raised in. If you are raising your child as a non-believer, as a non-follower of Christ, maybe a little bit harder of an argument to make on from that end because there's really no guidelines and those things. Now, At that point, it's just whatever moral code your family has. Right, whatever moral code that. your family has guides it. And usually that, you know. So are you saying that even in a Christian home, there may be some stipulations there for for video games like where it could be appropriate like you would trust them to play gta 6 mm, not as a child or as a teenager no because i remember myself as a teenager and there was nothing i did that was like mature because there's still there's still like for me the glorification of um violent crime drug use alcohol and uh Premarital right. or promiscuous sexual relationship. That's one kind way to put it. You can basically hook up with hookers, <laughs> right. steal, kill, right. destroy, no rules, complete anarchy. Yeah. Just bought the game. No, what? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's amazing. I no, give it a so 10 out what, of 10. With that mindset, though, what gives Call of Duty the go-ahead? Mm. All is fair in love and war. Um, I'm, I'm even careful with, like, as a student pastor, I was even careful with Call, Call of Duty. Did I was I more apt to play Call of Duty than Grand Theft Auto with my students? Yes, because I did play Warzone with my with my students during COVID. Um, I think it's less of a less of a glorification because it, it's just the war scenario. Now, there's arguments that can be made on that end of you know. Well, what about guns and glorification of battle and those types of things? But what was I think what it was not glorifying was the drug, sex, alcohol, rock and roll lifestyle, like that. This so it's less worse. Less worse, yes. Would I think with Grand Theft Auto, I would say absolutely not until you allow. You know, I wouldn't allow it in my home. I would allow my, you know. But once my Maddox graduates and and get, goes out on his own, my Maddox, <laughs> but um. He he can make adult decisions for himself in that right. situation. He's he's you know, will I will I give you give him my opinion if he asks? Yes, I will. He's still my child. Because I okay again, COD Call of Duty right is a really engaging game. Mm-hmm. But I do Fun. think okay number two questions number one, it normalizes war. And so, right. like, so I have to ask myself the question as a Christian, and this is a this is a hot button. I'm not necessarily looking to push, but like, as a Christian, what should my view of war be? What should right. my view of 
And then also it does like I can't tell you how many kids have rattled off weapon names right. that I know are from Call of Duty because they're not always correct and they right. don't know what they're talking about. Right. And so to me, I think sometimes they want to emulate right. this game that feeds, gives them power, mm-hmm. control, authority. Like it gives them these things. Right. And then because I then I see the kids talking that way right. in sessions with me and stuff. Right. So I can't help but believe they're being influenced by it. Right. And it also gives a false perception of reality too. Like you can die in that game, right? And you just hit reset, and your, your power bar yeah. comes up. Yeah, there's no respawning in real life. And then there's yeah, and then in real life violence, like there's no coming back from that. No, um, but in, and I do have to say that Call of Duty now has, uh, with the the culture pushing in and pushing in and pushing in to create more and more content to make it's a cash cow essentially for Activision and whoever else builds the game. They're, they're constantly taking things to the next level. So an actual military serviceman is not going to have a pink and neon yellow, you know, machine gun that has keychains hanging off of it. And they're not, you know, it, it's it's not, that's not going to be what they're dealing with. Um, sorry if y'all hear some noise in the background. We're, we're recording in, in a church where, where there's a after or a daycare or a summer camp going on. But, uh, but yeah. So I think it pushes it. The developers are making it more and more less realistic, and so then you go, okay, that's where it still becomes a game, but you're still kind of dealing with all the elements. And that's where it's awesome to play it because right. it's realistic. But then the downsides comes when I am living out this this very realistic looking fantasy world. It mm-hmm. makes crossing that over into the world real world that much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it was a pixelated little human mm-hmm. shooting square bullets, like there's at least an, an element of translation that has to happen in the mm-hmm. mind. Whereas when you're playing these real life simulations mm-hmm. and they look real life and they feel real life and they're incorporating all this, and now there's the daggum VR, yeah, yeah. you know, which you ever watch those videos? Yeah. And people fall down the stairs. Well, there's but. also there's also simulators now where you can, um, I mean, like we are getting closer and closer to the world of Ready Player One, where there's now simulators where you can play a game like a Call of Duty like simulator, and you get in this little circle kind of treadmill, and the ground moves around on you, and you feel like there's rubber beads that shoot at you and impact you from the directions that bullets are coming from. It's very it's super interactive. Um, and it's it's crazy to think, but yeah, I, th- I think one of the big things is is like, wh- where does the responsibility of the parent to the child come in? Where like I think that's the brings in the importance of throttling. Hey, you know we you're you're mature enough to understand what's going on here, but we're all also not going to allow you to play this for x amount of time, and then you've got to get up and go do something else and not spend you know, eight hours a day, nine hours a day, 12 hours a day in, in, in the basement playing this game. That's a good point. Uh, because that's, the I think, the downside is we spend more, f- oftentimes, I mean, my son does this. Right. He'll spend eight hours a day or whatever mm-hmm. playing games. And so you get lost in that world, that that becomes your world. Mm-hmm. And then the world outside of that feels less legitimate. Right. But I have to be honest, like, <clears throat> I feel like that's true for adults too, but maybe not in video games, but even in like, Netflix series, right? And like, social media. Yeah, like we start living in these false realities right. whether we're wrapped up in a show, wrapped up in social media, that it almost becomes, that becomes our real world. 
and then all of a sudden we we flash back to reality for a short period of time and so anyway it can just getting lost mm-hmm. in in technology and the, those things yeah. can be detrimental to anybody it's all amusement and amusement is never meant to be the central focus of our worlds of our life amusement is meant to give us our, give our brains a little break to step away and y'all know that better than I do because y'all are the field of work that y'all work in but like it's it's not meant to be our life amusement is not meant to be our life amusement's meant to give us a little bit of a break so that we can carry on with life so it kind of it kind of led into the other topics of music movies Netflix how you control that but it seems to be like the same I guess the same thought pattern when it goes into those things as well. So then I'll, I'll kind of counter that. So, you know, when kids are strictly or heavily, not saying that what y'all said was wrong, but when they're strictly or heavily guarded or there's walls to a lot of these things and it, it kind of isolates them. Yeah. And so you see that a lot in like, you know, well, I mean, homeschooling is one. Sometimes they 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 tend to feel isolated. You know, there there's aspects of it that's great, and there's downsides. It's like public schools, but that in itself is dangerous. And so, so where do you fall in not isolating the kid too much to where you're actually damaging them by doing some of this stuff? I actually, I would, if you would have asked me this question a year ago, you would have got a different answer because I'm learning more and more that, uh, and Ashley could probably speak to this more than we could as a school counselor, more and more students are finding their community online Mm -hmm. and that that community is as authentic and as real as you and I sitting here, Mm -hmm. especially for students that tend not to find connection in their current environment. Right. And so they will find the, And so that's, I think, the actually the good thing about online because mm-hmm. com- online community is better than no community. Mm-hmm. Right. And oftentimes you get a more authentic existence because they don't feel like they have to be yeah. judged or shamed or whatever because of who they are. Yeah. And so especially kids that are on the maybe you say fringe of society where they're not naturally that athlete or that you know, whatever, that band player, and all of a sudden they can, they can go it, why find. Why is it going to be band kids? Why is it going to be band kids, man? <laughs> they can go find that subgroup online that they can connect with um the downside of that is then they i feel like they will probably quit stop putting effort in right to connect with other people because they have their people but like if you're homeschooled or during daggum covid, COVID yep. when people were isolated i do think that for me it's kind of funny like if you talk to the generation before us like prior to social media you know like that's hoodoo it's junk blah blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and then if you look at people that are now like 25 to 45 Yep. Right, social media is a really integral part of their life, yep. um, but it doesn't necessarily trump real relationships right. in most cases. I would say the generation after us that it's even further yeah. Yeah. that oftentimes that community does trump, yeah. and it's really easy for me to apply my values of real person interaction is more valuable than online community, which I do think is true. Right. However, to them in this moment, it's not. And shameless plug here, we talked a little bit about this on, I I tackled this along with the perception on my podcast about adults and video gaming. Our generation, you were born in late 70s, 
right? Sure. No, no, you were born in the 80s. You're, you're my age, aren't you? 86. 80, you were born in 86. I'm older than you are. Good gosh. Yeah, you got me by five years. I know. Okay, so I was born in 82. You were born in 86. Josh, you were born in... 95. 95? <laughs> 92. Okay. A- Ashley? 87. 87. Okay, so I'm the old guy here. Um, y'all are early millennial. I'm between millennial and Generation X. Yeah. Gen X was the last generation to really have their teenage years without technology so to speak they started to see the onset of of things in the late 80s early 90s but they didn't have the internet no that's completely true because i want to say it was between eighth and ninth grade year eighth somewhere in there where myspace went big right. aol instant messenger um facebook didn't come out till like oh four oh five four and so I would say that yes, I was that Zanga. initial wave. You remember Zanga? Oh yeah, Zanga. And then there was Napster yep. and LimeWire. Lime, I always use LimeWire. Lime I never Wire. did Napster. Yeah. But I, hey, confession, parents, I stole a lot of pirated music illegally off mm-hmm. yep. LimeWire, um, and still have some of those CDs in my truck right now. Right. You probably sh- still have the the viruses on the CDs too. Sure. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, so yes, I was that first wave. Right of students that because i remember aol is because my mom used to make fun of me because you could change the noises mm-hmm. when somebody joined a room the cow move i did that's what and i did, did the is there was this girl that i liked <laughs> and so i made her do the moo cow and my parent my mom was perceptive she would enough you and she would hated you yeah. if she had known that so but my mom cow? caught on to it because every time we hear this moo i'd go running to the computer like a pavlovian response <laughs> that's right be like heifer i'm here for you baby (laughs) (laughs) wow Wow. love i don't remember the moo cow i don't know what that is that's because aol instant messenger was already gone by the time you were in like elementary school not true i did have an aol instant messenger account but i don't remember a cow mooing on my computer do you guys remember what your instant messenger name was satchmo 20 a what? Satchmo 20. Satchmo 20? S-A-T-C-H-M-O-E-2-0. Kind of like, okay, Satchmo. Dizzy Gillespie right. Satchel Mouth. Because, why? Because when I was born, I had such large cheeks, my dad called me Satchmo. <laughs> and that was his nickname for me as I was little. He called me Hot Rod and Satchmo. And I was just like, oh, well, internet name, my first email. It wasn't large 23 on Sweet Wheat at Yahoo, whatever it is. But it was Satchmo, Satchmo 20. Josh, what was yours? Uh, Lars, no. Uh, it was Wolfpack Josh. And then some numbers. 17. Because I, I was an NC State Wolfpack fan of Phillip Rivers. So that, that, was my, oh, okay. that was my name. So I named mine after my Spanish teacher in high school. <clears throat> so I had this Spanish teacher. Her name was Dora Duque. If you're listening, Dora, I'm sorry. Um... Everybody in the school hated this woman. She was really sweet. She got really, like, kind of mean because the students mistreated her so much. But her name was Dora Duque. But at face value, her last name looked like Dookie. So they called her Dora Dookie. And so I made my instant messenger Duque for president. <laughs> Dookie for president. <laughs> it looked like Dookie for president. But it was like D-U-Q-U-E or something. But people called her Dookie. And so so the funny thing is, is I did not do well in Spanish. I know it's a shocker. I'm such a linguistic genius. But You're so bilateral. Like one time, 
like I used to get kicked out of that. Like she'd make me go sit in the office because I just I couldn't get it, and I was like running my mouth, and I would start talking. And so one time she's like, "Go sit in the front office." I said, "Yes, ma'am." So I went up there and I sat. I'm talking to the front office lady, and she comes in a few minutes later. She goes, "Are you ready to behave now?" And I was really having fun in the front office. So I said, "Not really." She goes, "Just stay out here." I said, "No problem." <laughs> and so, Jokes like, on you, Miss Duque. And like one time, I'm not even gonna say out loud what I said because it oh, was really gosh. inappropriate. Like if my kid said what I said, it was just bad so i went home and told my mom i was like mom i said this and got in trouble and she's like marty you're an idiot like don't say that not five minutes later phone rings hello hey miss duque yeah yeah marty actually already told me he said that (laughs) (laughs) she got off the phone and she was so mad at me she goes you know how embarrassing it is to admit that i already know the stupid crap that you have said don't ever say that again that's funny do you ever sit and think, like for y'all's kids or sessions or whatever, they say something or they do something and the parent comes out in you, but then in your mind you're like, I've definitely done that before. And I and then you're like, then you kind of ease up a little bit. Like, does that happen often or? It does, but I, I push on through because it's still it, – it, at value still wrong in a behavior so that's that where I don't want to. I can't get in trouble because I love funny stuff. Yes. I love funny stuff. And so I'll have teens telling me this ridiculous crap they do at school <laughs> that is absolutely hilarious or like they snuck out of their house and right. like and how they like snuck out this window and the parent was after them. And, right. And it's really funny. And so like a lot of times I'll have to be like, listen, I said, and this is my line for them is I am old enough to understand where your parents are coming from. And I am young enough to really appreciate what you did. <laughs> well and my played. older self... <laughs> I'm throwing that in my repertoire. ...needs to tell you that, and I'll, you know, go right. into it. and Because it's like, listen, I, I don't care how old I get. Funny has never stopped being funny. Right. And right. sometimes that is a challenge, especially when they've done stuff to their parents or just some ridiculous stuff. That I'm like, if this happened to my house... My head would explode. Well, I'm, I'm experiencing it. I've got a one-and-a-half-year-old now, and he's... He's almost surpassed you in maturity. Right, exactly. He's he's understanding yes, no, yes, sir, no, sir. Like, we say those things, and he goes, and he shakes his head. And he knows not to do certain things, like don't play with the blinds, don't play with the outlet right under the picture window, those, those types of things. But he, like, we say Maddox, Maddox, who am I? Where am I from? I'll say Maddox, no, and he'll... He'll smile at me, and he'll continue to do what he's doing the whole time while looking at me, and, and I'll say, son, no. And we had to get a spoon, mm-hmm. you know, to pop him on his little honey, you know, to get his attention. And we, um, when he sees that spoon, he, he knows I mean business, but he's still, like, he'll do it, and he'll take off running. Listen, <laughs> just funny. So I got a six-year-old <laughs> that's more intelligent than I am. and Wait, is this true, Ashley? Okay, Ashley says. All right, so what's funny is I think Ashley taught taught Charlie this, but the other day I said something. He goes, "Dad, Mom says that I have a large brain and a vast vocabulary." (laughs) And but yesterday, so it's just me and Charlie. Ashley had to work late last night. Me and Charlie are sitting at home. My other son's at band camp this week, and so we're sitting there. Dogs laying on the ground. Charlie's eating apples and peanut butter, and he said, "And we're you are not allowed to feed my dog." food scraps like he's dog food only don't want him begging off people well charlie goes 
can I give Bingo a little bite of apple? I said, no, you, you cannot. And he said, I kind of want to. I said, Charlie, do not do it. And he bites off this little bit, waits about two minutes. He goes, Bingo, Bingo, come here. And he slips on the, I said, Charlie, I saw you. You're not supposed to do that. He said, Dad, don't you know that sharing is caring? <laughs> what? Uh, That's amazing. Yeah, and I said, you know what else is great? <laughs> Obeying your parents. Exactly. <laughs> so did either one of you answer the question? Uh, What was the question? <laughs> yeah, that's my figure. <laughs> the question was, outside of your two wonderful examples that you gave, <laughs> was um, like when you see things that happen. All right, so say I'm thinking about more teenage years or something like that that you see as questionable definitely should be disciplined but at the same time you know in your mind that you also went through a stage like this or you also have done certain things that you come to realize that maybe you should ease up or it shouldn't be as strict or do you get more strict like so that's kind of where because me and marty's had this conversation about adolescence and sessions where I come from a different perspective than Marty comes from in sessions. Right. And so I treat certain things differently because it's not, to me, it's not a big deal because in my childhood and my upbringing, I did the same things. Right. And so I'm not as like, but whether it's, but it's from another perspective or from the parents' perspective, I get, they need to do X, Y, and Z. And on my mind, it's like, that's not really the issue here. I always try to operate from the perspective when, when dealing with something like that. Hey, yeah, I did the same thing, or I, I probably would have done that same thing. But here's the wisdom that I learned because it 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 was it didn't work out well for me in the end. It was wrong. It didn't it didn't honor or glorify God, you know. And and I suffered because of X Y Z because of it. And so a lot of times I would talk to a student, or when I saw that with a student, I'd be like, Hey, probably not the smartest idea. You do this. Ultimately, I'm not your parent. And I can't tell you what to do, but I'm going to mm-hmm. offer you this wisdom. Um, take take it for what you want it to be, and ultimately the decision is yours. But be ready that if that if uh, be ready to reap the con- the negative or positive consequences mm-hmm. of your poor or good decision. I am much kinder to my patients than I am my son, either one of them, because because <clears throat> if my pay I don't hold responsibility in my heart for my patients' actions. I spend an hour every couple of weeks with that. I'm hoping to create influence. But at the end of the day, there's hundreds of hours outside of me meeting with him that is ultimately going to dictate his actions. And even if he makes a bad decision and goes to DJJ, it ain't all me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not my kid not coming home to me. Like, all those things have nothing to do with me. And so I do feel responsible in that. If he went out and did something that I endorsed, I would have a, you know, that would carry. But at the end of the day, it's like, I'm not, whereas my kid, like that's an extension of me. That's an extension of my heart. That's an extension of what I love. Right. And so it is much, much harder for me. Like I got a buddy, Ryan, who he's told me before, like, Marty, like, I think you need to chill out. Mm. And he was right. He was not wrong. Yeah. And it's because I fear worst case scenario so much. Like I assume best case scenario a lot of times with students outside of, of my family. But when it comes to my student and my kid, like, I fear worst case scenario. And so I often parent from a place of fear right. instead of a place of trust. And I have to consciously tone it back. Like, and Ashley and I will, will feed that off each other. Like, we'll talk and be like, hey, do we need to ease up? 
right? Mm. Like right now, I could give you examples, but out of respect for my kids, I'm not going right. to do that. Right. Where, I, where we've said, man, like we have to trust until proven otherwise, right. even though there's a fear there, even though there's yeah. a concern. Because sometimes if they did the right thing but felt like we held them back, they're going to be bitter and want to rebel yeah. versus let me give you enough rope to hang yourself. Right. And then we can parent you from that position of you lost this trust. Hopefully right. you can learn why, and hopefully God works in that scenario. So it's not just us artificially right. holding you back, right. but you being able to to grow through your own decision. Because if you're going to fail, I want you to do it while you're still living at home. Yeah. I don't want you to feel like I held you in a bubble so then when you go to college, you become an adult, you go off the other deep end, but there's no safety net there. There's no, right. you know, and I feel like that's important mm-hmm. that like if there's a time for a mistake to be made, like mm-hmm. it needs to be now when we can still love you and support you and help to cultivate that. But oftentimes out of fear, I try to keep that mistake mm-hmm. from happening. But really I'm just delaying it to maybe a point where he doesn't have that mm-hmm. love and support. Yep. Cosign retweet. Cosign retweet. I was yeah. about to say that, but I okay. didn't want to. So with that being said, because this is kind of the final the final question as we, as we dive more into it. Because I'm thinking about it through – the lens of most of my caseload that comes through. There's two, I guess there's two scenarios that majority of the kids that come through is lack of parents, lack of care, lack of whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But on the other side of it, I see too high of expectations, too strict, too much going on for them to kind of flourish on that end of it as well. And so – I see a lot of it more in Christian households than non-Christian households mm-hmm. when the expectations are too high to where the kid feels anxiety or feels depressed when they don't meet these unrealistic right. expectations. Yeah. So I guess my, my thought process is where, how do you find that middle ground of being present, being care, you know, care, careful parents, but also caring for them, loving for them mm-hmm. also having this disciplinary role but not being too strict to where you're you're pushing them out of that identity stage to where they don't even know who they are and they go through all of these different emotional roller coasters. Yeah. I think for for me, just from what I've seen, and especially working with stu- students, and, and I still – the reason I didn't have much to add on to what Marty just finished with is because I my son's a year and a half, and we I've still got all that in front of me. So, But I think one of the things that popped into my head was this the simple concept of, of – of rules without relationship equals rebellion. And Thank so, you, James Dobson. Yeah, exactly. That's a that's a James Dobson quote, and I've used it before, and I know that. And I was trying to think. Of, I was like, it comes from focus on the family and all that. But rules without relationship does equal rebellion. And and so, as much as I I want to set forth, you know, guidelines for my son and and our our next child, if if the Lord blesses us with one, you know as much as I want to make sure that he knows those, uh, they know those guidelines, they also need to know and have a loving father that they, they see and understand that the reason that daddy puts these guidelines down for me is because he cares for me and he loves me. One of the things that hit me the other day was I got on to Maddox and, and he was once again being very mischievous and we had to correct him. But as soon as I finished disciplining him, you would think the child would be like, oh, my gosh, don't come anywhere near me. I don't like you because you, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. But it's fi- as came in as for a hug, didn't he, he? He, he? I finished disciplining him, and I had to pop him on his little bottom. And as soon as I finished popping him, 
he stood up and he put his arms up, wanting me to pick him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, "Holy cow!" Here, there's an important lesson there too, because what yeah. I've noticed is when I discipline my son harshly, yeah, but it's coming from a place of anger, right? It pushes him away, right? He he sees me as a threat in that moment, mm-hmm. but when I am under full control, emotional control, but mm-hmm. I'm still punishing him harshly as the punishment of his crime, not as a reward to my emotional mismanagement. Right. But when I punish him according to whatever he has done, mm-hmm. the relationship strengthens. Have you ever had to step away before you discipline? Have I ever? Ask me how calm, many times that I've out. actually not needed to step away before yeah. I discipline. I, I mean, do you? That is, and if I give my mom credit for anything, she ingrained that in our head. Right. Was like never discipline out of your own emotion because that's right. about you. Right. Emotion out of what the child needs. And if that means that you need to go take a break, take a break. Now, I don't always do that. Like, I don't do a great job of that sometimes. Like, I'll be reactive at times. But that's that's what it's about. Like, I, I try to ask myself the question, Marty, even if you're upset, or do you have the emotional uh, bandwidth right now to punish appropriately? Mm. And if the answer is no, then I need to take a time out because right. at that point, it's inappropriate. Right. Because um, it has, at least in part, it's more about me wanting to feel better right. than it is about correcting my child's behavior in a way that teaches him a lesson. Um, but That's I do good. think like the tension between – you're exactly right, right? So um, rules, there has to be rules and there has to be relationship, right? If you have all one and none of the other or none of both or too mm-hmm. much of them, there's consequences. Yeah. But it's kind of like the tension we argue about what is the tension between gr- grace and truth. Mm-hmm. Well, it's Jesus, yeah. but how you hold that is kind of, I don't know, it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. And I think parenting is the same way. Like God has given us the innate ability to be parents without having to, you know, they, you don't have to take a course. You don't like God gave us the innate ability to do that. And so trust your gut but sometimes our gut is messed up because of our own trauma, our own experiences, our own mm-hmm. parents, life experiences, whatever it is can mess that up. But like generally speaking, God has given us the ability to parent. Yeah. Um, he places that with inside of us. And then after that, it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Like Ashley and I have had conversations recently where we're like, man, if I could go back, I'm more equipped now to do some things differently with my older son than I did then. And I'm like, man, we did wow. him a disservice. Hopefully God redeems that disservice. That's but it's it's kind of like learn, like I'm teaching my my oldest son to drive right now. Yeah. Um the 6-year-old already drives. <laughs> Me <The> crazy. <laughs> um but like we're teaching him to drive and what I've noticed is he looks immediately in front of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Which means he drives towards ditches. He's mm-hmm. much better. He's actually doing pretty good now. Right. But like he naturally has a hard time of having perspective and getting to the goal because he's looking mm-hmm. immediately in front of him. And I think parenting is a lot like that. Mm-hmm. We know there's two ditches, rules, relationship. Mm-hmm. And when you're first starting out and you're fresh, I think that's why they give us babies. And so we kind of yeah. we mature with them. <laughs> but it's like it's easy to True. only see the ditches. And yeah. I think we had that, you know, because we our oldest came to live with us when he was nine years old. Man. We were at a deficit that he wasn't. He was he was almost a decade into life, and we were at infant level of parenting. And so we're looking at the ditches, and we failed to have the perspective. Well, your ability to drive in a straight line comes with experience. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that experience is really important as parents. That's why a lot of times we're like, by the time I finally know what I'm doing, the kid's 18 and I'm almost done. Yeah, you know, and and so I th- I just think knowing I have to find this balance. Right. So back up and punt when you have to back up and punt. Yeah. Double down when you need to double down. Pray that God redeems it all because he's given us the ability to do it. So 
Good note to end on. So, one last statement from each of you, and then oh, it's over. It's just a statement. If somebody's listening to the podcast and they're looking for resources to help become the best version uh, that they can as a parent, what do you recommend them to go find, do, attend, etc.? Do you want me to go? I, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I would recommend uh, looking up on Facebook. It's a local organization called Proactive Parenting Initiative. Um, initially, they, they do help um, parents with with at-risk children that have unwanted behaviors and all that. However, their, their parenting course that they do offer does offer some very sound and biblical ba- biblically-based parenting uh Oh, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Parenting tips and things like that. Um, and that's actually the first time that I heard the the rules uh, without relationship mm-hmm. equals rebellion uh, mantra. And um, But there's a lot of good stuff there. Um, so that's where I would start because it's on a local level. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, they offer co- uh, classes all through the upstate, um, anywhere between he- Anderson and mm-hmm. Cherokee County. So. I would say on a, on a larger scale, I'm a big fan of Paul David Tripp's material. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been really influential in some mega churches and he's got a lot of material out. I'm not, I haven't like dove in, I've never written like a whole book. I haven't, but I've watched some stuff and he tends to have a very wise and very practical approach to families and parenting. And so I've been a big fan of his stuff. I tend to look at, to see his explanation of stuff when I have confusion of my own. So Paul Tripp is my go-to. All right. Well, that does it for today. I uh, appreciate you, Jimmy, for coming on hey, and helping us be, out. It's always good to kind of hang out with you guys and 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 talk about stuff. This is a little more serious than the past few conversations that we've had. You finally earned your way to the real conversations. I know, right? You know, I'm no longer a sideshow. <laughs> and a big shout-out to our live studio audience. Still and, not uh, saying a word. We need the props. <laughs> uh, no, nah, but so I find it fitting – that we are going to end this show with a Marty dad joke. So, Marty, if you would end the show on one of your famous dad jokes, please, by all means. This is the one time I'm going to allow you Make it to good, use Marty. a dad joke. Make it good. This is your time to shine. This is loaded. I don't – ah, do I have anything right now off the top of my head? You always have something. Oh, okay, fine. Why did the golfer bring two pairs of pants? In case he got a hole in one. (laughs) Until next time, y'all behave yourself. Holla. Thanks for joining us on another episode of TNJ. Don't forget to check out the links to any of our guests in the show description. And check out tattoosandjesus.org for additional show information or to submit your questions, comments, or curse words.